0: Welcome back to the Whole Heart Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 2. Today, we're going to be talking about prenatal care. Um, I feel like when you're doing a parenting podcast, it's important to start from the very beginning because I know that a lot of uh, listeners who found the podcast might be pregnant for the first time and um, maybe they're looking at a parenting podcast because they are just about to become a parent. So, um, we'll talk about nutrition, we'll talk about exercise, water intake, we'll talk about avoiding toxins, and we'll talk about bonding with your baby from the very, very beginning. What I see a lot of uh, new mothers do or when they're first pregnant is they sort of swing too far on um, you know each side of the pendulum. So, for example, they might just t- suddenly take everything out of their lifestyle that they once did or they go and start adding in a bunch of new things, lunch a, you know, a bunch of new foods that maybe their body's not used to. And the opposite of dysfunctional is dysfunctional. And you'll hear me say that a lot throughout any of these episodes because that applies to a lot of things that we do in life. The goal in life is to really strike a balance in all areas and, um, you know, look for, seek equanimity, um, in our, in our daily lives. So don't just suddenly think I'm pregnant. I have to start, you know, eating all of these things and drinking all of these things and all of that, because you're actually going to shock your system. Same as if you suddenly removed everything that you're used to. So we talk about nutrition. One of the best things that you can do is increase your plant intake. A plant-based diet is really, really, really important because you're getting in a lot of, um, micronutrients and things that help with your gut health and you know a lot of your previous nutrition content is what's gonna feed the baby right now the baby's gonna get what they need no matter what they're pulling from your stores as it is but you need to also be mindful of what's going in um, sort of increasing things like iron calcium fiber protein and all of the different microorganisms that help to keep your gut healthy throughout pregnancy Wheatgrass is something that I found very valuable during my pregnancy. If you're in the first trimester, unless you want to be hanging over the toilet yakking for the next couple of hours, wheatgrass may or may not be the right thing for you. I found it to be very nauseating during the first trimester, but I sometimes could stomach through it, you know, or power through it. Um, I guess I mean. Um, beet juice is also really great. Any kind of juices, if you happen to have a cold pressed juice. Um, aisle at your store or counter in your town, get a cold pressed juice as often as you can. Cashew, almond, all of those types of juices are really great to incorporate into your diet. Again, don't go too far, don't go too many. You're going to shock your system. But do make a goal of including really powerful superfoods and cold pressed juices into your diet. A list of superfoods that I would highly suggest would be avocado, caviar, goat cheese. Microgreens, sprouts different kinds of seeds and nuts like pumpkin seeds cashew almond sunflower chia seeds hemp seeds flax seeds all of those things can be sprinkled in oatmeal or salad or on top of cereal or even in a smoothie if you want to get some of those extra nutrients in there um, don't be scared to eat fish in fact don't even be scared to eat sushi if you do make sure you're at a reputable place make sure that you're doing very low mercury fish. Salmon is great. Um, tuna, not really advised so much. Um, clean fish. And feel free to you know, talk to your waiter. Say, I need something that's very low in mercury. Or there's you know a lot of really great information online about what is recommended for you to eat as far as um, sushi goes and, and fish. But caviar is something that I would definitely suggest. It doesn't really have too much of a flavor. It's very salty. Sprinkle it on some goat cheese or some avocado. Um, or even a salad is just a really great way to get those um, omega-3s and omega-12s that caviar is like really, really, really rich in. Another thing that you definitely need to do during your pregnancy is increase your water intake. Not only is this gonna be good for the baby and just, you know, hydration, but it's gonna decrease your pregnancy symptoms. You'll find yourself having a lot more energy when you're increasing your water intake. Most of us are not getting what we need as far as water intake anyway. The goal is at least, you know, 64 ounces a day. I took it a step further because I was having twins. So I drank a gallon of water a day. I bought a hydro flask at a local, um, you know, camping store or whatever. And I filled it up twice a day. Sometimes I would buy the Ozarka gallons and I was just chug, chug, chug. And it really helped the very end, especially because I had preeclampsia at the end, but it helps to decrease those symptoms water retention, headaches, appetite, things like that. So really increase your water intake to at least a gallon a day. day. Don't be scared to exercise when you're pregnant. In fact, if you have a regular workout routine, you should be able to continue with that workout routine unless a doctor says otherwise. But if you were a runner, you can still run. If you love to power walk, power walk. If you're a biker, hiker, swimmer, whatever you normally do. I did Zumba until I was 36 weeks pregnant with my twins. Not only does it help you to feel better during your pregnancy because it gets your muscles going, it gets the blood pumping, but it's really great for release. It really helps to alleviate those pregnancy symptoms and it makes you feel so powerful. Towards the end, it was a little bit harder for me to do um, this things that I, that I did once it before, like I did Zumba a little bit, you know, like two to three days a week, but most of the other days I just did a, you know, a light walk, um, around my neighborhood or around the trails. And I found it a really beautiful thing to listen to love songs or lullabies and think about that. Um, the new babies that were coming into my life and think about what I wanted for them and my hopes for them. And it was just a really great way to be you know kind of introspective and self-reflect and think about what life was going to be like, and um, I found it sort of part of the nesting process, just to bond with the baby and um, you know prepare myself mentally and emotionally and physically for bringing those two lives into the world. But continue with your routine as much as possible. If you don't have a routine, I would highly suggest incorporating a walk or a bike ride. Um, And even, you know, if you're not really used to weights, maybe start with some light weights and um, do some lunges, do some stretches, maybe try yoga. Prenatal yoga was fabulous um, for me. It really helped to meet other mothers, bond with other mothers, really focus on the life that you were creating inside you. And prenatal yoga instructors are fabulous resources of information regarding labor and delivery and breathing That became one of the favorite parts of my routine was going to prenatal yoga yoga a couple of times a week. So look in your area and see if that's available. And it's also a really great time to meet other mothers who might be further along in their pregnancy and ask some questions that you might have and start building a network of like-minded women who value health. Um, So I found um, prenatal yoga fantastic, but I would really continue um, whatever routine you have unless a doctor says otherwise. Something else that people don't really think about when they're pregnant is avoiding toxins. Of course, you know, you might be sensitive to, you know, gas fumes or certain cleaners, but be mindful also of what's going on top of your body. So you may already be eating organically because there's enough information in the media that tells us to avoid the dirty dozen, buy organic cheese and meats and things like that when you can, shop organic as much as possible. But one thing that a lot of women don't think about is organic house cleaners even if you switch to essential oil like lavender or tea tree or just lemon in hot water to clean your house the household cleaners that you're using are highly toxic to your baby when you're breathing them in they're also highly toxic to you so it's just a good thing to throw those out switch to organic cleaners or using essential oils and lemon also think about what goes on top of your body so on your skin Organic lotions are really, really important, or just switch to coconut oil if you can't afford the high price of some organic lotions. Try not to dye your hair or find a salon that allows you to wear a mask and maybe uses, um, you know, dyes and things that are free of parabens and sulfates. All of those get absorbed into your bloodstream through your hair follicles or on top of your skin. The fumes are also toxic to a baby. I found um, getting pedicures to be so therapeutic when I was pregnant. So I would not say avoid pedicures. That's fine. Um, But you can ask them not to use the lotion that they normally use, or maybe bring your own organic lotion or coconut oil for the massage part. And definitely ask if you can wear a mask because you are ingesting all of those fumes and your baby is getting those as well. And there may not be immediate effects, but the long-term accumulative effects of of ingesting that many toxins. I mean, it goes into your skin, directly into your bloodstream, directly into the baby. So it is harmful to take those things in. And I know that sounds kind of hippy-dippy to a lot of you, but there's plenty of research to back those statements up. Also, when you're pumping your gas, if you have a spouse or partner, ask them to get out and pump. But if it's just you, I always had a mask or a towel or something I could put over my face. Get out, put the pump in, sit back in the car, and try to avoid taking in all of those toxic fumes. It's best for yourself, for you, and it's best for your baby as well. Some women don't consider... the type of support that they're going to want at the end. Some women just automatically think, I want my husband there. My husband's the best support. But that's not always the the case. You know, some men are just different or some partners are different. And maybe they don't handle stress as well. Or maybe they don't know how to support you as well as another female who's been through it. Perhaps your mother or best friend or a doula or midwife are really great, service providers to consider in your pregnancy. I know my husband was not helpful at all during during the labor. I thought that he would be better than he was, but he just was not there. And um, it was very, very, very difficult. In fact, I ended up getting an epidural significantly earlier than I think I would have had I had somebody there that could coach me, encourage me, and um, you know, really pushed me towards the goal that I had, which was a natural um, delivery. That couldn't have happened because of the way that, that my birth went, but I think that I would have had a better couple of days um, after induction had I had the support that I needed. So I would strongly suggest thinking about service providers or friends or family that you would like in the room with you when you're delivering. It also helps you to feel really in control when you've set the stage. I also would advise bringing a white noise machine. I found that super helpful, not only from you know labor and delivery, but also after the babies were born because the hospital rooms are very small. The hallway is right there. People are coming in and out. People are celebrating when other babies are born, which they have the right to do that. But if you're trying to sleep, it's 4 o'clock in the morning when the baby gets there. Um, it really helped to keep everything calm and drown out those outside noises that I didn't really want. I brought a um, essential oil diffuser with me as well, and provide and, and some lavender, and I I just felt like that made the room smell a little bit more homey and not so sterile. And it was funny; the nurses and clinicians always commented on that too. Gosh, your room smells so good when we come in here. And I found it just very calming and comforting, and um, a less sterile environment because that's definitely not. What I wanted, Um, I was pregnant with twins, and so um, you know a lot of the birthing centers don't really accept you if they have if you have twins or if you're high risk pregnancy, which I definitely was. And I'm very thankful that I had a hospital birth. But if you are a low risk pregnancy and if you'd like a home birth or um, have you know giving a giving birth at one of your birth centers, I would strongly suggest looking that up. Read a lot about it. There's a really great book called The Other. Baby book, I think it's called, or the other, I think it's, yeah, either the other baby book or the other birth book. Don't quote me on that. Um, but that's a really fabulous resource if you want to, um, you know, maybe consider bringing the baby into the world in an alternative way. I found that book to be a really great resource. I think it's called the other baby book. Um, but think about the care providers that you might want. Perhaps you want a birth photographer to capture those beautiful moments, or maybe mother in law really wants to be involved and you're not sure how great of a support person she was. Maybe It's okay for her to be in the room if you're comfortable with that and give her a camera and say hey your job is to capture these moments um you know thinking about how you want the room to be do you want students in the room do you want just you and the doctor and the midwife do you even want your partner in the room some people don't some people don't want their best friend or or their mother or in-laws in there um so be you know start thinking about that what do i want this birth to be like Where do I want it to be? How do I want it to go? Do I want it to be high energy and exciting? Do I want it to be very zen? What type of equipment do I want? Do you want um, a, a birthing ball? Do you want to have a water birth? Even if you want a hospital birth, you can still have a water birth at a lot of hospitals. Tour the hospital ahead of time and get familiar with what's available what types of food might you want in in your hospital bag? Do you want snacks? Do you want water? Do you want Topo Chico? Think about those things because it really will help you to feel ready for the birth when you've packed a bag. I think one of the best things that I did was pack a birthing gown as well. As soon as I got there, I said, I do not want to put on a patient gown. I want something that is warm and comfortable. And a birthing gown was one of my best decisions. It made me feel at home. Bring a pair of Drawstring pants or your loosest sweatpants. Bring socks because your feet are gonna get really cold, or bring your husband's socks because my feet swole up like Shrek. It was out of control. Definitely pack that. Pack a pillow if you like to have some of your own things. Um, and also be prepared that labor might happen. You don't have time to bring any of this, so even though you plan, 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 and prep, also um, get yourself mentally and emotionally ready that things might not go the way that you think they're going to go. But do your best to think ahead, prepare for what you can, be prepared for what you can't control, and you'll be off on the right foot. Not only is it important to plan, um, you know, your labor and delivery, but also have the house ready for that baby. If you don't have a nursery. Don't fret, it's okay. Your baby's not gonna come in demanding, you know, yellow walls with elephants on it or anything like that. Make sure that you do have a crib ready and you know how you're planning on sleeping once the baby gets home. Make sure that you do know how you want to bathe the baby and we'll go into some of that in detail and I'll recommend the best gear um, in probably the next episode or the one after that. But make sure that if you do wanna breastfeed that you have breastfeeding stations kind of set up around your house with comfortable pillows, near water sources or if you have a water bottle, reading material, phone charger, things like that right there because once that baby comes home, you're gonna be breastfeeding sort of around the clock at the beginning and you wanna be sure that you're comfortable so that you don't give up sooner than you know, what your goal was. So prepping the home is really important. Everything being accessible, have your diaper changing station ready, a place for the baby to sleep and a place to nurse or a place to feed. I would also suggest having things ready in the house for easy eating if it has to be heated up It's probably not going to happen that you know quickly. I had sandwiches made all of the time I had protein balls prepped um, Anything that can be out on the counter like any kind of bread or muffin or You know oatmeal bakes easy to grab fruits and veggies things like that That are just easy to eat because you've got that baby in your arms you're tired, you're not gonna wanna have to get out a plate or cook anything. You need things that you can just pop in your mouth for nutrition because you're gonna be very hungry, especially if you're breastfeeding and very tired. And so the more convenient things are, the better. And don't stop drinking a gallon of water a day, especially if you're breastfeeding. You wanna keep that water intake coming and keep the nutrition high. It's very easy to slip into um, some bad habits once the baby get, gets here. But keep that nutrition high, especially if you're nursing. It's going to help your energy level too. If you're not nursing, to be eating high nutrition and getting your body rhythms, you know, kind of back on on track. Um, you know, bringing a new baby home is hard enough. It's really helpful if you can stack some support, perhaps a midwife or postpartum doula a friend, family member, mother, in-laws, or your spouse, and maybe even put a care calendar together who's gonna come in and and be helping you. But make sure whoever is coming in to help you support with the baby is totally okay with the mess. A new mom should not need to be cleaning her house. She doesn't need to be cleaning her body, okay? It's okay if you don't have a shower or makeup or if you haven't been to the gym because you're not even supposed to work out. So be patient with your body returning back to normal, but whoever's coming over to help you needs to be okay with the mess and not just the house, but with the mama mess and people that you are comfortable being messy around, being emotional around, being tired around. Make sure that your care providers are people that you feel really comfortable with. In the next episode, I want to dive a little bit more into newborn care. I will approach all of that from a very holistic perspective. We'll talk about ways to bond with your baby, ways to care for your baby in a very organic, clean, Way. Um, I'm definitely an advocate for attachment parenting. If you listen to the first episode, we'll be talking about attachment parenting with a newborn. And um, I really look forward to that episode because newborn care to me is just one of my favorite topics. I love talking about caring for a new baby and bonding with a new baby and really getting your, your new family um, off to a good, positive, healthy start. So if you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe. Um, save this episode or share this episode, and I'd love to have your reviews or your feedback, you can email me at chelsea at wholeheart.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at join wholeheart or on Facebook, that girl with wholeheart. Thanks for listening.